Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to British Analytics Interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcy Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name or my side project, Midnight Soundtrack, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to produce your next album or song, get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Marcia Novelli. Indeed. I love saying it indeed. Indubitably, um, I always say that. <laughs> I know. We do the same thing every time. Our, I know. Our jokes like clockwork. Old. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know. We're getting old. That's the problem. We are. We are. We are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, despite that, we're excited to share that we've made some big updates to our Patreon page and we invite you to become an official patron of the show to help things keep going and growing. Yeah, I'd say it's significant upgrades. Um, some perks include early access to content, of course, sponsored ads at the start or end of the shows, as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside your two favorite co-hosts. Uh, not to mention, we are actually going to be doing a monthly patron-only hangout with everyone who supports us and uh, we can chat about anything um, trivial or we can talk, we can help you through your next creative endeavor and help you kind of plan some things. Um, we're here to help and we're here to hang. So go check us out on Patreon. Yeah. And we've also got our official BTA shirts uh, available to purchase yes. on our website. There's a link to them in our show notes. So go and get them and uh, make sure to use a coupon code BTA rocks, whether or not you agree with that statement or not. That's the coupon code we have. <laughs> and uh, that will give you 10% off your purchase as our little way of saying thank you. Gracias. And lastly, I recently released my brand new acoustic EP, the reimagining volume one, and you can listen to it anywhere you like to download or stream music. And I encourage you to share it freely and spread the love. So joining us this week is singer-songwriter and frontman of Marcy Playground, John Wozniak. With Marcy Playground, John's released four albums, with their debut album being certified platinum in the US, and the band's 1997 hit Sex and Candy spent 15 weeks at number one on the US Modern Rock Tracks chart. John continues yeah. to write and tour with Marcy Playground with intimate and interactive shows in Southern Ontario from April 20th to 23rd in celebration of the 20th anniversary of their self-titled album, Just Around the Corner. We're looking forward to hearing about John's experiences in the music industry and the advice he'd offer to his fellow musicians. So, welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Let's just jump right in and get awkward and weird and have you tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, uh, well, I wanted to say Trekkie, but that's not really, I like, I think I like all science fiction. I love it. And uh, I think it helps Same. my creative process. Um, particularly, uh, uh, anything fantasy and science fiction related. Um, reading it, watching it, whatever, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I just love it. 
I don't drink alcohol anymore. Three years ago, I stopped drinking booze. Nice. Good for you. Neither do I. Yeah. I Ross, I just, you don't really drink either, right? Not much. We don't no. not drink, but we don't drink. It's just like, part, I, such a part of the business, though, right? Yeah. And, like, everywhere you go, it's free, and it's yeah. everywhere. Right. And so, uh, anyway. So, all three of us are kind of alcohol-free. That's cool. I think I have, like, yeah. a half glass of wine once a year on New Year's. It's actually my thing. But and that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> like, oh, I don't I think anybody needs... <laughs> by the way, I don't think anybody needs to know that about me. And, hey, you know what? Um, I love gear. I'm a gearhead of any kind. I'm just an absolute nut for gear. I have the disease. So, John, I'd like to kind of go back in time a little bit. Not Doctor Who style, sadly. But um, let's go, let's call it a trip down memory lane, I guess. (laughs) God, you did not just do that. (laughs) Although I know that was so cheesy. Oh, I hate myself. Um, So, so, uh, Marcy Playground were assigned to Capitol Records in the 90s. Um, Obviously, quite a bit's changed in the industry since then. I'd be interested to hear... um, in your own experience, what have been the biggest differences and challenges uh, sort of between now and then, and how have you overcome them? Um, well, the biggest differences are uh, the number of independent labels that there are now um, and independent networking um, companies that, that network to create larger organizational networks. Now, uh, back in the old days, uh, there were, you know, um, five major labels. I think there's like what three now, maybe, maybe. Right. I mean, Uni- right. Universal, Sony, and uh, Warner's. That has created a vacuum, sort of in the in the business for you know a lot of a lot of independent labels to be able to spring up, and the ones that can network really well and they can create you know good organizations because it's you know it's not all in house anymore. You know, it's not like a record company has their A&R department in-house and their marketing departments in-house. You know, they're farming all this stuff out to other smaller companies and mm-hmm. creating these sort of networks of business associates that are able to accomplish quite a lot. Um, and that, I found, is the, probably the biggest, the biggest difference. That really wasn't the case uh, back in the 90s. In the 90s, you had big labels, and the big labels controlled everything and ran the show. Does that idea of an independent uh, world seem attractive to you? Uh, and, and is it more attractive or less attractive than the major world? Much more attractive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get people who, um, I mean, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. I mean, there's benefits to both worlds. Um, I mean, major labels, they have a lot of clout. They've got a lot mm-hmm. of money. Um, they can th- they can throw a project at the wall, see if it sticks. If it doesn't, move on to the next one. Yeah. But in the process of throwing it against the wall, they can throw a lot of money into it. And if you happen to be that artist, and uh, you can step up creatively and and you know in your and what it is that you're doing, touring and um, work your ass off, then you might have a shot at something really huge. But you know those uh, those slots are so few. Absolutely. And they're, you know, they're even fewer now because there's only the three, the three majors. <clears throat> I mean, I remember when they used to have, we originally, you said capital, but initially in 1996 or six, yeah, six, we originally signed to EMI records uh, in New York. And um, at the time they had like 150 labels on the art, uh, artists on the label. Mm-hmm. I mean, the roster was huge. And then, um, I think it was about eight months later, uh, they closed and um, we were moved over to Capitol. 
so what ended up happening with 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 that was I think it was it might have been like seven or eight art active artists that were moved over to Capitol Records. So Capitol had a kind of a small roster, active roster. Of course, there's all these artists that they have that are uh, you know catalog artists. But um, EMI had this massive active roster that everybody got let go, and it just so happened that at that time we were we we were reacting at radio in San Diego at 91X. And uh, we were like top one phones, like top five phones most requested, like within the first week of the song being played. This is, you know, when Sex and Candy was breaking. Right, right. And um, 20 and years, then, ago. years ago. Yeah, that's right. I was 12. Uh, oh, so weird to think about <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> I was alive 20 years ago? Okay. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, they were really excited. Capital was pretty excited about having a band that was reacting at radio in their area because EMI was in New York, Capital was in LA. Right. San Diego area, they, you know, 91X had a massive transmitter that was like, that plays into Los An- the Los Angeles area. So everybody at Capitol was hearing the track. And if they didn't, they had friends who had and were talking about it. So um, that's why we, we were, I mean, it was like timing. It was strictly right. timing, right? Timing that, I mean, because otherwise uh, we had our, we thought we had our one shot of the MI and we're going to get, you know, dropped because um, the label had, closed so um so anyway so this timing issue became really critical for us um and i don't know if um i don't know how many of those are there are i guess you can create your own timing (laughs) try you could try yeah i guess uh, you uh, we we often find on the show that the the common theme besides following your gut feeling is just noticing an opportunity when it's there it's so important going for it you know? The two things, the two things that are so important are um, awareness of that. You know, keeping your awareness, um, mm-hmm. looking for those opportunities, but also constantly building a network, right? And nur- nurturing it like a garden, because that's where those opportunities are going to come from. Yeah, we 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 that that goes right to D. Grant Smith, right? And his, his farming, he likes oh, to call yep. it farming. It's totally. a previous guest we had on. So. But I do want to. I want to. I want to shift the conversation a little bit to collaboration, which is something that you're no stranger to. Um, you've collaborated with various musicians in bands in different roles as a producer, um, co-writer with Jimmy's Chicken Shack on various projects. Um, how important are collaborations to you um, to help you grow yeah. as an artist? You know, and how do you approach them from a creative standpoint differently than maybe working on your own material? Well, first of all, they're they're important just as an artist. Uh, to be able to grow as an artist. Um, if we did this in a vacuum, we'd never expand or grow. I, I wouldn't, at least. It's interesting. Each, each time it's different. Let me see if I can think about my collaborations. I've, I've worked with Art Alexakis from Everclear. Um, we wrote oh, a couple yeah, songs yeah. together. Yeah, cool. I don't, uh, we, you know, one of them he was going to release, one of them I was going to release. Um, haven't done that yet. Great songs. Um, did the stuff with Jimmy, worked with Holly McNarland, um, who's Canadian and worked with, uh, a lot of people who, um, Jordy Birch from Pure, um, actually, you know, he, he, he's great. That guy is probably the best, the best collaborations I did. I did with Jordy. Um, he's a Vancouver artist, um, Pure and, uh, they're, you know, a band from the nineties. And that guy just like clicks something with him clicks with me. And when I get stuck at a part um, at all, 
he just somehow magically knows what the next move is musically. And uh, it's time saving. You know, when you can find somebody who you can collaborate with like that, like I think of John Lennon and Paul McCartney and how those guys used to sit in the bathtub with, or across from the, right, you know, right. each other on the beds um, with their guitars and write all the songs that they wrote. They're, you know, it, it be, you get this sort of um, chemistry. Maybe you don't get it. Maybe, I don't know if it develops or if it's just natural. With Jordy and I, it seemed natural. I think it's natural. I mean, I've collaborated. I, I've been a solo artist for many years, but, you know, I, I was in a band in, in my earlier days. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think I, I'm very, almost envious in a way of, of certain artists that just f- somehow find the right people to be in a band with. Because that is rare. Like, people come and, come and go in bands, but when you get that right, right chemistry, it's just like, wow. I'll use, like, Incubus maybe as an example. They're just, like, work so perfectly together, that band, you know. Or Green Day or, you know, these, these certain bands that, that just can just go and go and go. And um, there's just something about them that work well together. You know, but at the same time, being being a you know being a singer songwriter like yourself, um, even though you obviously work within Marcy Playground, um, I think there's an exciting opportunity that I, I I find as well that you can just collaborate with whoever the hell you want to collaborate with, you know, um, and that's something that maybe sometimes you don't really get when you're when you're stuck in one kind of you know arena, I guess, you know, but being able to work with all these different people, things that would come out of you would are, are, would that would never come out otherwise. You know, you get to experience, you get to create. So, I mean, I, I, I'm excited by the prospect of collaborating, you know. Um, and uh, I think that's amazing that you do that. Now, uh, as a producer, as yeah, a producer, different. yeah, that's very different. Um, do you always co-write when you produce or is that something that sometimes you do, sometimes you don't? Is that something that just, you know? Typically, no. I mean, I, right. um, I like to encourage the artists to do it themselves simply right. because I, don't, right. I would rather not get involved in any of the publishing issues. Uh, with artists that i produce i would strictly rather have it be hey look i'm producing this project Mm -hmm. um you know here's my fee for the project Mm -hmm. maybe i get a mixed point if i'm going to mix right sure sure. so that sort of thing but um but i don't i yeah i would rather avoid a writing situation with an artist that i'm producing it just gets muddy Mm -hmm. um and typically when i produce i don't just i'm I'm the engineer as well so i'll engineer and produce right right so uh if i'm engineering producing collaborating um, what am I doing to encourage this artist to improve on their own? Right. Unless right. that were your project as well. And that's a different right. story. Unless, and that's a totally different story. Yeah. If that was yeah. the agreement up front, then fine. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I think as a producer, part of the job is to, is to work with them to bring out their talent and their writing ability. And for me to say, you know what, that was great, but why don't you go back and give me a couple of different, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lyrical ideas, different chord progression ideas, you know, mm-hmm. let's keep work. You keep working on this. And, you know, I work the exact same way uh, uh, when I collaborate with someone else that's, you know, I'm very involved in everything. Um, although I get very involved in the arrangement of the song and moving things around because sometimes I'll hear the song and I'm like, you know what, though? Oh, yeah. We just move this verse here, or, you know, move this here. That's too many chords. Or that's too long of an interlude. You know, things like that will get involved, which which is kind of some people will say that crosses line in the songwriting world. Um, I disagree. You know, I don't, I don't know I, what you I, call, it. call it. I call I it arranging. Yeah, I, I, I don't. When I think of an arrangement, I think of what George Martin was doing with the Beatles, you know, yeah, when he true. was arranging string parts and he was, sure, you know, sure, that's, yeah. that's arranging. What do you call that though? Because I can never think of it. It's obviously not composition. It's, it's editing. If a producer just kind of sits back, I think, and just like, okay, yeah, you want someone to get in there. If somebody's hiring me for my expertise, what are they hiring me to do? Mm-hmm. Just to record it, 
Exactly. You're an engineer. I mean, just recording engineer. Yeah, just an engin- engineer. Yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's production that I'm doing, they expect me to help them to um, make it commercial. Mm-hmm. Make it, I mean, otherwise, why are you doing this? You could do, the, mm-hmm. you know, I could make music in my bedroom if mm-hmm. I didn't want to sell records or right. sell songs online or whatever. Sure. So, I mean, if you don't want to be successful at this, then don't come to me, <laughs> you know, and try and, you know, spend all this money to make a record to, you know, get into the business side of it. Exactly. So, I mean, so you know, if you're, if I'm listening to their six minute epic and going, um, I, I have to make a decision or 10 minutes sometimes, you know, it's right, like, yeah, that's right. an awesome outro that lasts four and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. I have to make a, I have to have a conversation with them and say, okay, yeah. you can have one or two of these on your album. Totally. Okay. But is this the one? <laughs> right. And you know, it you needs don't to make sense. It can't be long just for the sake of being, just so someone could be like, yeah, we've got a 10 minute epic. It's like, does it right. make sense? Right. You know, in it, the context of the whole project. Right? Yeah. And it can, I've heard longer songs before that really work. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But yeah. Not very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah. But I mean, if yeah. you listen to like Sex and Candy, I think one of the yeah. things that makes it a hit is that it's boom, Short hanging sweet. around. It's just instantly right into the, right into the song. If you listen to the Beatles songs, all the Beatles kick it off with the chorus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's almost to the you know, yeah, starts with the chorus <laughs> and then breaks down into a verse, which you don't hear as often anymore. You don't hear right, as no, often you don't. anymore. Um, um, so, but you know, so it hooks you right away. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I'm if I'm working on a production with somebody, they get the final say. It's their record, right? And one of my favorite things to say to say, and I learned this from Ken Joya, who was one of who was our engineer uh, on our first couple records, is uh, somebody you know really wants something to be a certain way, and I don't think it should be that way. I just do this. Well, it's your record. <laughs> Does that work? Oh like, yeah, every time okay. they're like, huh? Uh, oh, right. it's, yeah. yeah, it sort of shatters the. Uh, oh, hey man, that's fine. They'll do it. Right hey, you want, you, you want to do you're, that? You're name you on it. Screw it up. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's okay. fine just, with me. Oh, you don't have to credit me as producer. That's fine. Oh shit. <laughs> John, let's let's have a little fun. Let's. Uh, are you ready for twenty questions? All right. Here, let's do this. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Twitter or Facebook? Oh, Facebook, I think, yeah. Indie or major? Oh, that depends. Indie, I guess. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Studio or stage? I gotta go with studio. Education or experience? Experience. Marvel or DC? Me see. (laughs) Digital or analog? (laughs) Analog. Talent or attitude? Oh, man, those are good. That's a good one. Uh, I gotta go with attitude. <laughs> attitude will win all every time. It actually is kind of true, isn't it? Style or substance, which is almost almost similar. I'm gonna go with on that one, substance though. Attitude right, with right. substance. Ah, I like that. I like that combination. Mm-hmm. Canada or Scotland? I haven't been to Scotland, so I gotta go with Canada. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Batman or Superman? Batman. He sounded like a Batman. <laughs> Super Batman. <laughs> Toronto or Minneapolis? Oh man. Oh man. That that's funny because they're similar. Um, they? I got yeah. Um I'm gonna go with Toronto though. Michael Jackson uh-huh. or Michael Bolton. Yep. 
<laughs> That's the worst. I, I gotta go with Michael Jackson. Jackson, sure, why not? Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Oh, uh, Manson. Whale or kale? Whale or kale? Mm-hmm. It's hard to I understand. I don't even his, know what that means, but I'm gonna go with accent. whale just because they're large. Met Midler or the Riddler? Uh, the 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 Riddler. Are you sure they're not and the same person? They they might be. They might be. They might. I think you just discovered that Riddler. That. Yeah, I think they know. I think they know. And your final, most important question that you'll be asked in the next five seconds: Ross or Marcio? <laughs> uh, I no, that's I can't choose between you two. You're both so fabulous. Oh. I love when people correct don't choose. Th- that is, is the correct answer. answer, by the way. John, <laughs> that is the correct answer. So I want to quickly jump in and, uh, and ask you about your upcoming dates mm-hmm. in celebration of your self-titled album's anniversary. Uh, can you tell us where you're playing and what people can expect? Yeah, um, I'd have to look at the schedule. We're actually releasing a full schedule of tour dates for this summer. Um, okay. We are doing the dates um, in Southern Ontario. Um, coming up which are going to be a lot of fun uh in april but there's um also the band is going to be touring um um mostly in the u.s i guess mm-hmm. uh, with, with dishwalla and possibly another band we're not sure who i mean f- f- i think fuel was wondering if they uh, we were wondering if fuel was going to come out with this oh wow because we'd love to have them mm-hmm. but um so far it's as far as i understand it it's currently just us and dishwalla um for uh june july and august so that's gonna be fun um and i want to i want to do a solo record and i probably also want to record something some more stuff for marcy Um, that's exciting yeah yeah i got a quick question actually just because you said that how do you differentiate what you bring to marcy and what you do solo well it's all been for marcy so far right but going forward um well is it just kind of a gut feeling? Do you just kind of feel like this is for the band, this is for me? Yeah, I think what I have to do is I owe it to the band to bring the songs that I write to them first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and if they reject a song, then that's for me. That almost implies that like the solo record would be rejects, but I don't think that it, it is that way. It Maybe doesn't it just imply doesn't, that. Doesn't, they doesn't. would be total rejects. <laughs> there you go. Maybe but that's only what you from my it. band. <laughs> right, but it's just basically it doesn't work with the band. Right, but it's yeah. something that you still really passionately want to do, and that's a vehicle for you to release that. Yeah, and I think that's what would help to differentiate the solo. St- I mean, it makes it a little more, right. more different. Right. It's a little more personal stuff that maybe the band feels like, you know, was that's they, kind of, you know, maybe for your solo record. Right, not that they right. don't like it, but it's just they don't feel like it works with them. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. That actually uh, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, yeah, do you think does. that? And then be... and then here it, it also it also sort of alleviates the future problem of me having a hit mm-hmm. with my solo stuff th- and then being pissed off because I didn't bring that to them. Right. Hey guys, I brought it to you. <laughs> yeah, right. like, you exactly. Said, they can't say nope. that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Cause you guys obviously been able to stick together for a very long time and you, and clearly just talking to you about that right now, you clearly have a respect for your bandmates. It seems like there's a mutual respect that, you know, cause some people would might just go about saying, well, Screw you guys! I can do whatever the hell I want in any other project, but that's, no, uh, that's like, quite beautiful. We're like family. We're brothers. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, that's really that's really nice. cool. Um, and for artists who are just getting started in their careers, um, 
can you tell us maybe one thing you've learned in your career that you would like to pass down to the upcoming musicians today? This is a social business and um, it's a business of people. And so the more people you can network with and know, the better. Um, but just, you know, the other thing I was going to say as a songwriter and as a creator, um, I'm often asked, you know, what, how did you write this? How did you come up with this? Um, you know, where did this idea come from? And um, a lot of the time I just can't answer that because I think that writing in bulk is a better solution than sitting there and trying to come up with the greatest song I've ever written. When there's 12 songs that need to go on a record, there's around 30 that get written. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I just get rid of the stuff that sucks. Right. You know, and how do you determine if something sucks? Is it literally, sometimes obviously it's blatant. Are there other times it just doesn't connect? Yeah. I think that that's, that's an intuitive thing. It's something that as an artist have to sort of determine for yourself. What, you know, what about this sucks? Um, but don't be focusing on what's great about it when you're trying to get rid of stuff. You know, that's, that's the hardest thing to do. So what I'll do is I'll write a lot. I'll write without thinking. I'll just go, you know, write, blam, 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 blurt it out, you know, get it all out, get, you know, 25, 30 songs done. And then, um, and then it becomes a process of, of looking at the things that aren't good about, about the music. And then literally once you stop pulling stuff away, you're left with, what doesn't suck and what doesn't suck is is great and, and of course do you fine tune that yeah i mean it depends um sometimes uh so, you know sometimes what comes out first is what you d- you just leave it because absolutely it's great. sometimes that's the best because it yeah. just came from a place of yeah. pure creativity and that's expression. right i think there's a channeling of energy as an artist mm-hmm. you know and we've, we're pulling things constantly from the universe and pulling it out of the air and it's just sort of coming through us and and that i think is a um, something to be watched for as well. Well, when it works, don't, right? Don't get rid of that stuff. But anyways, uh, John, where's the best place for people c- to connect with you online? Yeah, the best place to get a hold of us is marcyplayground.com. As for us, uh, when, it, when I say us, I mean the show, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, don't forget to visit our site and pick up one of our beautiful shirts while yes, you're there. You almost stumbled uh, on Instagram there because I typed it in there. I did. You usually you know forget what? to say Instagram. And you're you know like, what I was Facebook, doing? I, Instagram. I was trying so hard not to say iTube and YouTube again <laughs> like I did that other time. Yeah, and I just... You know, someone's someone's going to come up with iTube and YouTunes. You know that. It's going to be a huge well, I think someone's going to have a lawsuit on their hands. Yeah, so. I know. From us. <laughs> from us. <laughs> and as <laughs> I mentioned cool. earlier, my brand new Acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, is now available everywhere i'm also working on my second solo album and you can be a part of that at marcinavelli.com slash pledge follow me on twitter facebook instagram and spotify which are all my name marcio novelli and i'm working on websites for various artists at the moment and you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk you'll find me on twitter and instagram as electric kiwi and on facebook electric kiwi design this episode was brought to you by 30 roses a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives as well as chris keaton joe centenary buck naked soul company and social surge all links are in the show notes please check them out because they truly do keep this show alive they do, and, and we love them so much. We, we love you guys. Um, and if you would like us to love you, uh, please consider sponsoring the show. Visit bridge-the-atlantic.com slash sponsors. Uh, we recently updated the rewards, which now include sponsorships at the start of our interviews, as well as the opportunity for you to co-host an episode, which 
will be interesting. Yes. Um, you get to see all the ins and outs and everything that goes wrong. <laughs> Basically block off five hours to co-host the show. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes as well so you don't miss any episodes. And please do leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. We love hearing from everyone and we this is a collaboration between everyone here that, that's part of the show and listens. So say hi. And as for John, we're going to say bye. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to get to chat with you. That song was uh, uh, nice. When I say that song, I, say, I, mean, I mean Sex and Candy. That was just such a hit 20 years ago and uh, just sparked your career. Uh, definitely was played many times on my old tape deck <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago. And uh, even though I'm sure that uh, 12, 11 or 12-year-old, whatever I was, screaming out sex and candy probably was a little strange for people well, who were listening. Yeah, <laughs> I'll jump in. And this yeah. is something that I mentioned on our interview with Brendan Brown from Wheatus, but okay. I used to listen to the charts, the UK top 40 charts, and I would write them down every week. So I had a folder full of the top 40. And I remember when your song came out and I heard that it was called Sex and Candy, I was probably 11 and I was like, oh, I can't write that word. It's a bad word. <laughs> so I actually did S star X and candy. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't have a bad word. Adorable. In so cute. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cute. Well, John, this has honestly been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, thanks it for has. coming on the show. Thanks, Marcia. Thanks, Russ. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.